Uh, you're listening to Poldark Podcast. We are a weekly podcast dedicated to Poldark, the hit BBC series and the book series created by Winston Graham. While season two is airing on the BBC, the podcast will be dedicated to the analysis of the latest episode. This week, that's episode 10. It's the very last one for this series. Uh, so, spoiler warning for those of you who have not seen the series finale yet. Uh, you're going to want to stop listening now and come back to us after you've finished. My name is Michelle. I live in the States. Um, I blog at Poldark Muses. That's Poldark, M-M-M-U-S-E-S. Um, I tweet at Musings, M-M-M-U-S-I-N-G-S. And my emotional state following the finale, and given the fact that it's a couple days later, I've watched it a couple times since then, I am all right. <laughs> Yay. All right. <laughs> what we Yay. aim for. My name is Rita. I live in England. I blog at Princess of Podark and tweet at Rita Bites. And I have gone through a roller coaster of emotions. Hello, my name is Delenda. I live in France. I blog at British Lisa on Tumblr. I tweet at Delenda Dia. And uh, I just want Paul Dark Season 3 right now. Agreed. So let's start with the episode description. So the episode opens with Demelza on a clifftop in a brand new navy dress, picking wildflowers and looking sad whilst a solo violin laments in the background. And already the show is dialed to 11 on the drama scale. Over at Will Grace, everything is going brilliantly. The mine is busy and Ross is making coin. Ross is paying his miners when Captain Henshaw of Exposition Lane comes through the door and tells Ross... There's soldiers in the village looking for men to enlist. And the anvil has been sufficiently dropped. Over at Trenwith, Jeffrey Charles is playing with toy soldiers whilst Elizabeth looms in the background like a creep, talking about how beautifully he plays by himself. George points out how lonely it is to be an only child, and yet, okay, we get it, there's a pregnancy storyline coming. I'm not 100% sure that Elizabeth should be reproducing again, though, because her first child, despite being, what is it, 8, 9, almost 10, still hasn't worked out that George is a stepfather and lives with him now. Like, come on, (laughs) kid. Outside Trenwith. George is having fences erected around the property. The locals, who have always used a path on the property, are now being beaten if they try and cross over into the property. It's fairly brutal stuff. Back in the tavern, the villagers are pissed, and Judd has revolution in mind. The Frenchies have a right idea, eh, Dr. Ernest? I used to think so. What began as a just cause has since become a bloodbath. It will happen here soon enough. (laughs) Mark my words. Ross rides home to Numpara, super excited about the money he is making, and lays down a whole lot of silver in Demelza's hands. How many times did we think all was lost? You'd surely not wish to be back there again. Would I not, Ross? Yes, it seems that despite the whole of last week's episode, Ross still seems to think that money will save their marriage. Meanwhile, Dwight is making a house call on Ray Penvenon, who has been misdiagnosed so much by Dr. Choke, 
he has resorted to this hella awkward encounter. <laughs> Dwight tells him that he has the sugar sickness, i.e. Uh, type 1 diabetes, and orders him to change his diet to prolong his life. There is no cure. Ray thanks him for seeing him, but tells him Caroline will shortly be engaged. In a totally unrelated scene, Dwight enlists in the Navy. Over at Trinwith, George asks Elizabeth if she knows anything about a new shareholder at Walgrace. Instead of being honest, she is evasive, and consequently there is a whole lot of fuckery coming. A flurry of letters gets sent back and forth. Dear Warlegan, as you are not a trustee of Francis's estate, I do not consider the business in any way concerns you. Dear Paul Dark, it may have escaped your notice that Elizabeth and I are now married. In attending to Francis's estate, I am merely trying to take the burden off her. She has been unwell and would prefer to meet you at Trenwith, if you could trouble yourself to attend. Consequently, Ross rides over to Trenwith for a meeting with Elizabeth and George, but when he arrives, Elizabeth is hiding in the alcove, like a coward. And George tells him that she has signed over power of attorney to him, since she wants nothing more to do with Ross. Ten years too late, girlfriend. But anyway, <laughs> they discussed the half share Ross bought them from Elizabeth for £600. George finds it rather iffy that he bought the shares and then suddenly made a profit. He asks that Ross return the share back to Geoffrey Charles, which is really just him because he's now his adoptive father. Unsurprisingly, Ross is not a fan of the plan and things become incredibly tense. George then says something so dumb. Go back to scullery, mate. A brawl starts. Ross punches George. George retaliates by throwing him into a grandfather clock and strangling him. <laughs> <laughs> Hair is flying everywhere. Eventually, Ross fights him off into the, into a stack of books. No, not the first editions. Uh, George's lackey calls for backup, but when they arrive, Ross is holding George's face over an open fire like a crazy person. Meanwhile, at Nampara, Dwight is calling. He checks on Jeremy, which is an adorable scene, before pouring out his heart to the Melza. Caroline is engaged and he has applied for a post in the Navy. He leaves any day. The Melza says she is sorry. You know who should be sorry? Ross. He walks in at that that moment, covered in blood and with his clothes a complete mess. Back at Trinwith, Elizabeth tends to George's wound, wounds, all soft and romantically, and they appear to be bonding over a mutual hatred of Ross. Demelza is in her room, undressing for the evening, when Ross walks in, still looking fairly um, bedraggled from his uh, fight from earlier. Are you angry? That boy is fighting. Indeed. Uh, the conversation turns to Dwight, and Roth wonders if he should enlist also, which I think is a misguided attempt to try and get her attention or actually maybe pout like a two-year-old. Uh, Demelza will not be baited. Go to war, Ross. Play soldiers. Or stay home and save all of Cornwall. What it is to be married to such a great man. Ooh, I can nice. feel that 18th century burn all the way from here. <laughs> <laughs> and because Ross does not actually pick up on the fact that Demelza is being facetious, 
He goes down to his library and looks at his red coat longingly. Yes, Ross, run away from your problems. That will work. Next morning, Demelza receives a letter from Verity. Her pregnancy is advancing, and Andrew will be at sea when the baby arrives. So I'm sensing road trip! (laughs) Ross goes to Pesco to put his affairs in order before he enlists again. He finds out that his mystery benefactor was Caroline. This is brand new information. He goes home and informs Demelza. Is that not astonishing? I dare say she's taken a fancy to you. I'm a married man. And that would make all the difference. Oh, Demelza, it was one night. How long will it take you to forgive me? I don't know, Ross. How long would it take you to forgive me? That's hardly the same. You would never do a thing which required my forgiveness. Are you sure? Suddenly, without realising it, Ross has slipped into Demelza's trap of petty vindictiveness and the look of surprise on his face is glorious. Where? Mary House. After the ball, Captain McNeil came to my room. Could he dare? Because I invited him. After your antics with Elizabeth, I decided I might have a turn myself. A turn? How far did you... Oh, kisses, caresses. And then I sent him away. Oh, good God, Demas, was that not enough? I tell you, I do not admire you for this. It does you no credit. Your admiration is not really the point here, Ross. What credit did your night with Elizabeth do me? That's entirely different. How is it different? I take no pride in my visit to her. It was the outcome of a devotion which on my side lasted ten years. Not some tawdry little passion worked up over a glass of port with some opportunist soldier who took what was on offer. So my cheating was okay because it came with a side of emotional cheating too. That is precisely not what was on offer. I did not permit him. How do I know what you permitted? You're right, Ross. How do you know? you trust me not and I trust you not then what is the point in this marriage at all I entirely agree what is the point somehow in the span of two minutes Ross went from oh my god just forgive me already to I can never trust you again oh the wonders of the polar hypocrisy in another entirely unrelated decision, Ross decides to get his uniform ready and sharpen his sword. He's going to war. Demelza leaves for Truro, where she is visiting a very pregnant and very adorable Verity. Dwight pops around to Nampara and finds Ross standing in the middle of the room, dressed like a nutcracker. I'm, I mean, soldier. <laughs> and asks Ross if Demelza knows he is running off to ruin his life some more. Ross is like, Oh, she'll find out when she returns. Way to talk to your wife about a major life decision, bro. (laughs) Anyway, Ross is like, Caroline saved me. And Dwight is like, whoops, shouldn't have blabbed about your money problems. But the reason for his visit is to say his goodbyes. He's leaving for Plymouth tomorrow. No, don't leave us, Dwight. Sad face. Happy face. Verity goes into labor whilst remaining super cute. It's like, how? She's not even sweating. She gives birth to a boy named Andrew. Elsewhere, (laughs) 
Elizabeth tells George she is pregnant, and they both look super happy, which is gross. Ross goes to London to see Caroline. He thanks her for a generous loan and offers her congratulations on her engagement, which is mad awkward because she isn't engaged. (laughs) Yay! Um, Russ takes this as an invitation to completely ignore all social cues. He even, like, jumps onto the sofa with her. (laughs) Since he left, he has been unable to settle. Oh, and he has no idea I'm here. And had he known, he would certainly have forbidden me. But I thought you should know that he's joined the Navy. Caroline explains that she could not live in a cottage and live on sprats. And I don't know what that is, but it sounds gross. Russ doesn't mm. believe her. Very soon, Demelza have a heart-to-heart <clears throat> where they skirt around the issue of what Ross has done. Verity points out that Demelza is running away too. She then offers up some very wise advice, like an adorable little Yoda. But reason cannot guide you. Only the heart. And sometimes what the heart dictates makes no sense at all. Yet it must be followed. So immediately, Demelza heads for Trenwith to confront Elizabeth. Why have you come? I thought was to tell you that I hate you. You've marred my faith. You've broke my marriage. That I envy you. The passion which you roused that Ross could not withstand. And I pity you. Because you could never make up your mind. Now I wonder, what do any of it matter? What you did, what Ross did, cannot be undone. And you both must live with that. But I need not. And it's so beautifully acted by Eleanor that I want to cry. She's so good. Elizabeth asks what she will do. Demaza says she is leaving Ross and taking Jeremy. Elizabeth looks surprised. I will no longer be ruled by what he did. You're welcome to him. Literally, nobody wants Ross. Meanwhile, somewhere in Plymouth, Dwight walks into a pub looking very spry and dapper in his new uniform. Um, And moments later, so does Ross. What a coincidence. Now, wasn't he just in London? But never mind. Um, (laughs) Casually over dinner, Ross mentions that Caroline is not engaged and that she happens to be standing right behind him. Cue the emotional piano music and lots of heart eyes. Ross tells Dwight and Caroline he is not a meddler by nature, but he's come around to Demelza's way of thinking. Clip. She would say that if two people love each other, then the obstacles which keep them apart must be substantial, else they lack the courage of their conviction. I think she would also say that life holds very few things which are genuinely worth having. If you possess them, then nothing else matters. And if you don't possess them, then everything else is worthless. Ross looks pained, like he is finally engaging his brain in some decision making, or I should say, some some useful decision making. 
Uh, Dwight hammers it on home even further by saying that people regret the gambles they don't take. Ross is like, wait, I like doing reckless things, and walks off. Dwight and Caroline kiss. Say it with me now. Aww. <laughs> Whilst Melza is leaving Trendwith land, she is shot in the wrist by Tom for trespassing. Not cool. Meanwhile, Ross goes to sign up for war and has his pen hovering over the paper when it finally occurs to him that he's being dumb. Finally, Dwight and Caroline get engaged again and use a piece of string, which apparently is made out of leather, you go Dwight, as an engagement <laughs> ring. And it is too cute. Dwight tells her that he's going to war and there's a very real danger that he might not come back. Caroline, realizing they have only a few hours together, asks him where his room is. What? <laughs> anyway, Demelza comes <laughs> comes home bleeding. Prud and Judy are enraged. But um, Demelza tells them not to say a word to anyone. But they're Judd and Prudy, so Judd goes down to the tavern and cites a riot. Because what's a Poldark final without a riot, huh? Demelza <laughs> rushes over Trenwith to warn George and Elizabeth, who are like, Riot? Whoa, riot. Even Elizabeth, who has grown panicky at the mere mention of unrest, is like, I'm just eating my dinner. George decides Mm -hmm. to respond to her act of kindness by telling her her husband has run off to war without telling her. His foe is in possession of the field. Of his ancestral home. Of the woman he loved. And in March... The rout will be complete when Elizabeth gives birth to a war-legged heir. I look forward to Ross's congratulations, if he ever returns. <clears throat> but don't let me keep you from your scullery. Oh, I'd like to point out that Elizabeth says jack shit to defend Melza. That's just as bad as George in my books. Tomas is like, lol, whatever, you're probably going to be lynched anyway. <laughs> I loved I loved the way she said, uh, you know, when George says, uh, don't let me keep you from your scullery, how uh, Demelza says, you might want to go hide in yours. <laughs> it's like, oh my god. <laughs> Slay. Hey, it's Slay. Jeffrey Charles's scullery. <laughs> exactly. It's then that all the pitchforks and torch-wielding mob arrives. What good is your fence now, George? Oh! John, don't do this! Not for me! I'm begging! Leave him home! There's women and children inside! Poor Legger have no care for ours. Why should we care for his? Don't do this! Save yourselves! They have weapons! They all ignore her, which is so annoying. George and his minions come out carrying guns and take aim on the crowd when Demaza bursts forth and tells them to stop this. Stop this! Ross arrives on a horseback carrying a gun. So not in friends then. What follows is a long-winded and rather unnecessary scene where George and Ross trade insults and we just roll our eyes. Ross urges the crowd to go home, making the exact same case Demelza did, but I guess because he wears a tricorn, they magically listen to him and all turn to leave. <laughs> I guess Ross, quote, saved the day, end quote. This gendered nonsense, I swear. 
The scene ends with Ross declaring he came back for the Melza. He offers her his hand and she rides off with him. Elizabeth looks pissed, like really pissed, but I don't know what she expected. Back at Kilwarren, Caroline returns to care of her uncle Ray. They hug and it's the cutest thing in the world. Elizabeth and George are sitting at home. George says he wishes to send Geoffrey Charles to Harrow. You mean send him away? To one of the best schools in the country. Elizabeth reacts as if George has suggested they smother the kid in his sleep. Complete horror and abject terror. Thunder clashes in the background. And we just fail to see the problem with what George is proposing. Oh no, he's going to be educated. (laughs) (laughs) And honestly, that was kind of the way things were back in the day. So, uh, back at Nampara, Ross watches Demelza pack, but is way too busy blathering on about Elizabeth's pregnancy and George's satisfaction to even notice that she's packing up her stuff. The penny drops when he sees her case in the doorway. What are you doing? I'm taking Jeremy to my father's house. From there, who knows? You're leaving me. I came back for you. I choose not to go to war. (laughs) It's not my concern what you choose. Only what I choose. And why would I choose a man whose heart belonged to another? Ross looks horrified and confused, as if his decision not to go to war would magically fix their marriage. But what do I care? For I am fierce and proud and steadfast and true, and I'll not settle for second best. Yes. Tell him, girlfriend. Ross is like, why would you be second choice? And for the billionth time, Demelza is like, because you love Elizabeth, you idiot. I did not deny that I loved her. Long before I set eyes on you, she was my first. Perfect. Untouchable love. Whereas I am dull, imperfect, and ordinary. Not ordinary, but yes, imperfect. Human. Real. What that night with Elizabeth taught me, and God knows there should have been other ways for me to come to my senses, but my arrogance, my idiocy, has been spectacular. All I can say is, after that night, because of it, I came to see that if you take an idealized love and bring it down to the level of an imperfect one, it isn't the imperfect one which suffers. My true, real, Abiding love is not for her. It's for you. She will never come between us again. And damn it, if that's not a really good speech, and I'm putting an asterisk there because I've got some issues with it. Elsewhere, Elizabeth is huddled over her son, like she's Gollum. (laughs) 
and her son is the ring. There is stupid dramatic thunder and lightning as Agatha compares George to the devil in a metaphor that has become so reused as just right now. Elizabeth hopes that George may be more accommodating when his child is born and he may be more accommodating now. You never you never actually just asked him not to send your son away. Like that conversation didn't happen. But whatever. Back to George being the devil and Elizabeth's show of victimhood. Aunt Agatha is like, hey, by the way, that child might be Russ's. <laughs> We're then treated to a melodrama of epic epic proportions. Um the camera zooms into Elizabeth's anguished face through the fire surrounded by flames. <laughs> And it looks like she's slowly melting. <laughs> Thunder, lightning, sinister music. Like, seriously li- sinister music. Listen to it. It's way too much. She isn't giving birth to the devil's spawn. Well, I don't know about that. The final scene of the season is, however, very beautiful. Ross and Demelza are standing on a cliff because that's what they're famous for, after all. Demelza is watching the shore, but turns to Ross, and they embrace. There is intense eye contact and beautiful tenderness and tentativeness in the way they embrace and then kiss. Hair is blowing, violins playing. It's so beautiful and so cold dark. As the camera pans back on them in the cliff, the music starts to shift to a more military sound. In the distance, a naval fleet come into view. Dun dun dun! War is End coming. of series two. Yeah, Paul Dark will be back in 2017. Yes, indeed. Oh my goodness. So, I've uh, got a few discussion points to talk about. And, uh, I mean, a um, few. Initially, kind of, <laughs> uh, yeah, a few. Um, The Forest for the Trees, kind of overall thoughts about the episode. Um, Fans of the books, however, have felt that it rushed through with uh, some of the things that really mattered and included a bunch of crap that really didn't need to be there. And I'm I'm being, uh, you know, uh, hyperbolic uh, in some of my my comments about that, but uh, we'll get into some specifics about these things as we move over uh, the, the rest of the show. But um, uh, some of the things that were rushed, uh, the reconciliation scene uh, between Ross and Demelza uh, kind of universally um, felt that it was rushed through. Uh, some of the added pieces, the the trend with mob, the, um, uh, the whole- Ross is Ross going Joy- to war. Yeah, there, there are a lot of things in here that uh, were kind of seen as superfluous uh, and really didn't mm. need to be there. Uh, but, uh, you know, we'll get more into that uh, in a bit as we delve further into the episode. Okay, let's start this thing off. Throw a George on the Barbie. <laughs> I'm sorry <laughs> that that wasn't Australian. I can't do that. Um, <laughs> Russ and George's fight. Burn a man's face off make Ross a complete psycho. My answer to that would be, yes, that is not a normal instinct to have. They're both psychos. I mean, remember the outgouting in episode 4 in the pub? That is so true. So basically, they're both crazy men. Childish. 
Yeah, I, you know, I could live with a little facial singeing, you know, especially if it's George. <laughs> okay, I'm just kidding. Or am I? In all seriousness, it was one hell of a fight. Uh, George still hasn't managed to learn a whole lot from his boxing lessons. Mm -hmm. uh, contrary to the impression he wanted to give the last time we saw him skating around mm -hmm. the hardwoods at Hardview. Um, and, uh, you know, he had to know that calling Demelza a scullery maid, um, he was going to wave a red flag in front of the angry bull that is Ross. Uh, that said, I'm, I'm glad neither of them were seriously injured if for no other reason that if Ross had done serious damage, it would have given George precisely what he needed to see Ross imprisoned or worst. I just want to give a shout out to Jack for anything because he pulled up a serious falsetto. When he said, Get this man out of my house! I mean, damn! Oh that was God, a that really was accurate. Um, that was a shriek. Yeah. I mean, if, if, we're, if we're thinking about words to describe that, that, my friends, was a shriek. Oh, um, the. Poldark Instagram posted a behind the scenes of that. Really? Today. Yeah, you should watch it. Aiden's uh, like, let's do this. I'm getting it's hilarious. <laughs> it's hilarious. Aiden is like all excited and <laughs> like, let's fight. No, but seriously, that scene was ridiculous. I mean, obviously, we knew that we would um, get a round two after the pub round one. But um, I liked uh, how the fact that uh, George called Demelza, again, those two words that I absolutely loathe, scullery made, mm -hmm. was, the tr was the trigger in Ross uh, kicking his butt. And uh, they still looked ridiculous. I mean, Ross, you're a husband, you're a father, and George, you are a recently married man, and you're fighting knowing <laughs> that your wife and... Yeah, so to be a father, and you're, you have your wife and your stepson... Probably listening next door, like, dude, get your ish together. <laughs> Elizabeth was definitely <laughs> listening next door. Just, oh, Elizabeth, oh, yeah. stop lurking like a creeper. <laughs> this is her special she It's dropping. That, 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 is, that is her new talent. She is really good at staring out windows and, like, lurking in the alcove. That's her, yes. that's her hobby. Yes. Well, uh, speaking of potential beatdowns, uh, so, you know, the confrontation with uh, between Demelza and Elizabeth was not like a Walmart beatdown on uh, Black Friday, which there was a there was a real tiny part of my personality that was looking forward to a little hair pulling. But uh, anyhow, uh, this scene was not in the book. Um, but I have to say I really liked it. If you know, if there were a number of things that were added to the show uh, that I wasn't that big a fan of, this was one of the things that I really liked. Um, it went a long way to emphasize something that we've talked about a lot here, um, that the character of Elizabeth is capricious and selfish. Uh, the, the guilty looks on her face when Demelza uh, confronted her uh, makes it clear that she hasn't been able to forget what she owes to Demelza um, and that uh, she hadn't given a thought towards it when she decided to, to re-engage with Ross. And I, I say re-engage, not, you know, deciding to sleep with Ross or, you know, whatever we want to call that night, because we know that the setup for that night really started 
um, well over a year prior, uh, while Elizabeth's own husband was still alive. Um, R.I.P. Francis. And, All right. Yes, thank you. <laughs> I miss um, you. Yes. Come um, back. And, uh, you know, it, it's, it, it's, it makes that, that point clear that there, there must have been some thought around the, the, the price that uh, Elizabeth owed Demelza, and she just really didn't give a fudge about it. Um, and it demonstrates how different these two women are. Uh, you know, Demelza is willing to return to her father's home, and this is a man that Elizabeth has met and knows to be a bastard of the First Order. Um, than to stay with a man who has made her feel second choice in his affections. Uh, despite the fact that Ross hasn't flat out told her he's chosen her as his choice, she's not waiting around for him to do so. Uh, you guys have any thoughts? Okay, well, I loved it, and uh, it was a really nice addition uh, to the episode. I remember we all freaked out when we watched the promo. We were like, what? Are they going to fight? <laughs> and... Um, <laughs> And uh, so, yeah, there were many confusing and, uh, I want to say, useless additions in this episode. But um, this particular scene was a nice plus, and it really did serve the story. And um, Demelza showed again um, how much of a lady she is. And uh, even though she uh, she says uh, quite a lot that she doesn't consider herself um, one, and uh, she acted with so much grace and dignity, and uh, she could have literally destroyed Elizabeth physically and with her words. And... Um, what really bothers me is that Elizabeth did not even apologize. It's like she, I get that she's upset uh, with Ross, but why would she be upset with Demelza? This is not her fault if uh, they are all in this uh, current situation. So um, again, really Elizabeth? So um, yeah, I think that uh, the least she could have done was, uh, was acknowledge the betrayal and the pain that both she and Ross inflicted on Demelza. And uh, because that's her mind again for the thousandth time, but I don't care, that Demelza saved her life, she saved her son, and she saved Francis, and so, um, she yeah, Demelza... again as well tonight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. When, yep. When she hated her, I was like, oh, Demelza, you do not need to tell them, <laughs> just, just let them race. Mm-hmm. Oh, Demelza. Yeah, and I was really bothered when uh, Elizabeth... That, uh, asked Demelza, does Ross know you're here? You will leave Ross? And girl, this is not about Ross, okay? This is about Demelza, Demelza, standing up for herself. And uh, yeah, because her husband doesn't value her enough. So um, thank God, thank the Lord. She is smart enough to acknowledge uh, her own worth. And um, she is able to make the right decision for herself and her son. But do you guys think that, um, why do you guys think she did, Elizabeth did not apologize? Was she because she was ashamed or she didn't feel any regrets? I have a theory on that. And I don't think that she really considers Demelza as an independent person. Like, she just considers Ross. And, like, Demelza is just an, Ross's appendage, just happens to be attached to him. And mm-hmm. she will ignore her for the most part unless she is absolutely confronted by her. So she, when she doesn't really think about Demelza. Mm-hmm. or her problems or her perspective or really trying to empathize with her at all that's why she doesn't bother saying sorry because she she's not thinking that Demelza needs it like that would require her some sort of compassion offered to Demelza and I don't think she's there yet she's just in a place where Demelza's inconvenient she's mm-hmm. just a, like a burden around Ross 
to her. Mm-hmm. An obstacle. Mm. You know, and, and since Ross, you know, obviously has not gone to speak with Elizabeth following, you know, their, their night together, um, you know, and she's got her pissed offedness about him, which I'm going to give the girl, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to give her that. He treated her abysmally and should have at least had some kind of uh, resolution uh, conversation with her about what happened. But well, write that's her beside a fancy the, that's note. The, like she, mm-hmm. loves, she loves that yeah. note. Yeah, she does. Um, you know, but, you know, since he hasn't done that, you know, that doesn't have anything to do with, with Demelza. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, I, I just don't think that Elizabeth, um, is even capable of understanding the damage that she has done to their marriage. She doesn't think yeah. about it. She's selfish. Mm. She's selfish. She just thinks about her own problems and what yeah. she's going through. And yep. she's like, she doesn't even consider that maybe she's just completely destroyed some innocent woman's life. Okay, and, you know, when it comes to... Belza has always had agency. I mean, you know, even if she has never considered herself um, or is considered being uh, lady enough to do so, um, you know, she is owning her agency now. And basically anybody that stands in her way is going to get mowed over. Because she, yeah. she, she is her own person now. Yeah, and even in... Um season one uh, in episode three after they um, slept together for the first time she was ready to uh, go back to um, Elegant so she already had her agency so uh, yeah independent woman you go girl the scene with Elizabeth was really important in showing how Demelza is dealing with the fallout like how she gets to a place where she can forgive Ross at the end of the day because she needed to be able to talk about it with somebody who wasn't Ross like at Ross she could just be angry but when she was in front of Elizabeth I think she was able to process it better and get to a place where she was like you know what I'm not going to be held back by how you've made me feel this is I'm just not going to let this affect me anymore it's mm-hmm. your problem yeah she wanted to give her that power exactly yeah. and she is she is not bound by the decisions that Ross makes. Yes. Mm. And I mean that was that was an incredibly powerful statement right there. Mm. And you know. you know, go Debbie because that's an entirely original scene and I think mm-hmm. a really necessary and brilliant one for yep. Demelza. Mm. Yep. Especially given the fact that there are some things missing from <laughs> the reconciliation scene, which is kind of the next thing that we want to talk about. Um, you know, our let's stay together. This is the reconciliation scene, um, book, uh, versus the show version. And, uh, uh, so Rita, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, I think this scene highlights something that I think was an issue for the entire episode because it was a good scene and it was really wonderfully performed. Um, in fact, it was a good episode, but was it a great adaptation of the source material? No. Yeah. I think this scene was way too short 
and like my main problem is actually the editing I thought it was very choppy it didn't the emotional beats didn't land for me and I would much rather have had a longer reconciliation with more of Ross's feelings being explored and his explanation of what was happening to Demelza and so that Demelza's forgiveness was gradual what we got and my honest emotional reaction to the scene at first was that Ross didn't really earn her love or respect I mean he explained his feelings but I don't feel like he earned a forgiveness if you know mm-hmm. what I mean mm-hmm. he, he yeah I mean you know in the in, in all of the previous episodes when he was trying to figure out how to say things he would either talk about the fact that you know they were they were poor and now they have money and so that's going to fix everything uh they you know this was you know his first love and he didn't have a choice and you know that kind of thing he was always effing up his uh his feelings and this was the first time that he was actually able to articulate what was going on in his head the leap between understanding his emotions and forgiving him mm-hmm. it needs longer than mm. just like a three minute scene and mm-hmm. he did not even apologize or explicitly say he did not blame her for going after McNeil mm-hmm. and I feel that's really important as a viewer because I'm I'm supposed to forgive Ross as well and right mm-hmm. now I think it's still looming over their marriage Mm-hmm. when I really felt in the novels that this was the end of the triangle. Mm-hmm. And I sometimes think sh- the show relies too much on a sense that the audience will always love Ross. So he can act like a complete ass and not have to pay for his actions in the yeah. true sense. So like, think about how many different times he's messed up and sort of given a half-hearted apology and we're all supposed to just move on with it like no I still remember all the different things he did wrong because he never really apologized so the apologize apology needed to be way longer Um, however I'm wondering um, Rosta Mills' confrontation was in fact split up throughout the episode and I haven't got the scripts yet they arrive on Thursday so I can't wait to read them and see what happened because we saw um this the McNeil confession in one scene Mm -hmm. which is the start of the chapter long reconciliation in the book and then there was a beach scene that was cut where Ross is on his knees and begging Demelza I don't know what he's actually saying but he looks like he's begging Demelza we don't know what the dialogue was (laughs) (laughs) and that was cut but they're in the same costumes that they were in, you know, the scene where Ross comes and puts a bunch of coins in her hands. They're in the same costumes yeah. for the beach scene. So I think it's very <coughs> likely that part of the book chapter was taken and put into that scene. And that's... That yeah, so they basically just took that, took that entire conversation and put chunks of it in different uh, scenes throughout the mm. episode over a span of time as opposed to it all happening uh, within the the space of uh, say um, 30 minutes or an hour 
which, um, as it as it comes across in the books. Which makes sense. I understand why Debbie would want to do that because it would end up being a really long scene. But mm-hmm. the problem has happened now where it's been cut <laughs> out. And it, all of that scene and all of the different parts of that conversation and the way it fluctuates is important because mm-hmm. you get different... Um, you feel differently as the conversation goes on. It starts off as like a bit like a rehashing of past events and then you you sort of understand why Demelza would forgive him at the end. And Mm -hmm. without going through that journey, it just feels sort of abrupt. Yeah, you you know, you see that, that flow of the conversation, you see, you know, with the McNeil uh, admission, you know, Ross in the book, um, you know, Ross has this like instantaneous moment of of anger that happens, but it is quelled uh, fairly quickly uh, once Demelza you know, like runs upstairs and throws things into a bag and is goes out to her and is basically being very conciliatory and telling her, you know, if you if you want him, is he still in the district? If he is, I'll call on him tomorrow. You know, just basically, um, you know, becoming very, um, the, very conciliatory um, and wanting to understand what's going on. Um, there's also um, um, the moment where, you know, they've been having this argument. They've been having this, you know, really super heightened um experience this thing and all of a sudden day-to-day domesticity enters the picture where they have an exploding keg of beer (laughs) going off in their pantry and the two of them wind up having to to tend to that which basically helps to deflate some of the the tension and anger and hurt that had happened um, to kind of bring it back to who they are, Ross and Demelza, as a couple. And, uh, you know, instead what we get is McNeil's, uh, the, the McNeil admission and Ross flouncing off to go join the army. Ridiculous. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it was just, it was, it was poorly handled, um, in my opinion. Uh, and we weren't able to, to see that gradual shift from anger and hurt to being in a space where forgiveness could begin to take place. And uh, there's also the the necklace scene. There's a scene where uh, in the book Ross gives Demelza um, a token of his affections. Um, and then they have know, sex. And, what? They had they <laughs> stop it. They <laughs> um, you know they that's one of the deleted scenes on the the DVD where Ross actually gives her a uh, the the brooch that he'd given her at the Whirligan Ball that they'd had to sell, um, and uh, basically Ross is saying that he basically was searching for it. He he searched for it and did not give up until he found it. Um, it's a lovely scene. I don't know how it would have fit within, you know, the way that they were doing the the way that the final edit came out. But there were a number of things that happened um, 
that led to their reconciliation, including a heartfelt apology uh, for hurting her the way that he did with Elizabeth. I remember and the first time I read that line where he apologized, I cried. <laughs> like, him oh, yeah. saying, I, I'm I, sorry, I was, bawling. Was, was like what you emotionally needed. And yes. then have it not be there is... Uh, I just think it, it's it, and it thing. wouldn't have been that many words yeah. <laughs> for them to add, to, you know, to, to add to the speech that he winds up giving. It's you know, still a where, very pretty speech. You know, he but says, not... you know, my my you know my uh, true, real and abiding love um, is yours, and I'm so sorry for the harm and the hurt that I have caused you. That's all I need. That's mm-hmm. not that many words. Mm-hmm. That's what she needs to hear. Um, yeah, um, I thought the scene was lovely, but uh, even if I hadn't read the book before um, beforehand, I would have still been uh, disappointed because I thought that um, it was rather short. Like, even the confrontation um, during the incident scene was um, longer, I think. It was yeah. almost a five-minute confrontation. And I get that there are time restrictions, but um, that reconciliation was uh, crucial um, in the demanding of uh, their marriage, and um, to me, it's clear that their relationship still suffers and will still suffer um, in uh, season three, and because they lost something that they will probably never get back. And um, I'm not upset that they deleted um, the scene; uh, they cut the scene uh, where he gives uh, her a necklace, and uh, they end up um, sleeping together. Because I think that would have actually reminded. Uh, a little bit of uh, the stalking scene, and um, I, uh, what I love about the dialogue in the book is that we really go deep in um, in Ross's feelings. You know how he felt during uh, the night of the incident, and uh, how Demelza felt when he uh, when he left her, and um, it, it sounded a little superficial in the in the adaptation. And uh, especially uh, early in the episode when Ross uh, said that uh, his night with Elizabeth was the result of a 10-year devotion, that still doesn't make it okay, because mm-hmm. <laughs> you left your wife and uh, you you purposefully cheated on her. And uh, so I was even more upset when he compared it with her encounter with McNeil, because I thought it was such a double standard and, um, again, unfair. And uh, so, yeah, he really should have at least said that he was sorry, that he screwed up, and um, yeah. So that's what strikes and fascinates me about Ross and his persona, is that he's uh, he is such a um, charismatic character, and he's devoted to the community, to his friends, and um, it's so easy for him to communicate with other people, and um, he conveys so much leadership and uh, confidence, and... Uh, for instance, when he reunited Carolite, and uh, it's actually uh, kind of intriguing how uh, he does he can manage to communicate uh, properly with his wife and um, deal with his own problems, because it's like he's, uh, he's helpless, he's bewildered, and he doesn't know what to say or how to say it without it sounding stupid, so um, I think that's why uh, he's found his match in Demelza, because she challenges him, and that's uh, a beautiful thing to see. Yeah. Uh, I think one of the things that uh, you mentioned was that, you know, he gives her a necklace and, you know, they they have sex. It's actually 
um, it's not clear that that's what happens in the book. Yeah, it's implied, but yeah. the way that I the feel book like it's more implied is, in the later know, books than I just sort of assumed. Yeah, I mean, it, it, there is a reference in Black Moon uh, when Demelza informs Ross that she is expecting uh, once again, where uh, she says, and this the the reconciliation actually takes place at Christmas time. Um, mm. And uh, so when she tells Ross that she is expecting again, um, you know, she basically says, um, you know, because he's kind of shocked, you know, because, you know, he's Ross. Um, How did babies and, get made? And basically she says, well, you know, since Christmas, there, you know, it's basically there, there's been nothing else. <laughs> <laughs> Which, you know. That basically tells you that, you know, they've been, like, screwing like rabbits uh, mm. since they got back together again <laughs> oh, these crazy at Christmas kids. time. But, but in the book, mm. uh, in the book, uh, uh, Warlegan, Warlegan, you know, they don't immediately uh, fall into one another's arms and, and, yeah. and jump in the sack. They, mm. um, and, and so, you know, there's a, there's a part of me, especially after seeing the, the adaptation, and... Um, how beautifully the performances were, and particularly the final scene that we have of the two of them out on the cliffs. Um, you know, the, the look of, of, you know, apprehension and uncertainty in Demelza's eyes uh, when she looks at Ross, um, the, the, the tentative nature of the, the kiss, the two kisses that they share, um, really gives you the feeling like they're just beginning to embark on some uh, kind of reconciliation. Mm. Um, that things have not become instantaneously um, bow chicka wow wow after the <laughs> conversation of the night before. Um, mm. and that they still have a little work to do. They still have a lot of work to do. Mm. Um, and uh, so I'm, I'm hoping that that's kind of what they meant to leave us with uh, after that episode ended, uh, rather than do something like drag this question of does she trust him, does she not trust him, you know, lingering um, lingering anger or, or problems uh, into season three, because the nature of the book Black Moon is it's not an issue for them. They have both moved on from mm -hmm. what happened and are actually having a, a, a fairly happy moment in their lives together. So, um, so we'll see what happens. But you know, they, they didn't do us any favors by leaving out that damn apology. Okay, so serving your country, uh, we've got uh, Dwight running off to the Navy. <laughs> Ross, uh, <laughs> um, nope, threatening to to run off to the army, but of course he he doesn't. And I just I kind of like the parallels um, that we had with Dwight and Ross because they both decided to enlist to react um, regarding their love life sucking. You know, Dwight <laughs> finding out that Caroline is engaged in Ross. Being like, okay, well, my wife doesn't want me anymore. I'll just go to France and get killed. <laughs> the thing about that is that it's like, Ross, yeah, it's not uh, even yeah. your bad idea. It's somebody else's bad idea. You're just, like, copying people's terrible yeah. ideas now. 
Yeah, you know, I, I can't stand red herrings. Um, and, you know, Ross flouncing off to see his colonel after Demelza drops the McNeil bombshell, you know, without telling her about it. And then, of course, she winds up finding out about it from George, of all people. Um, you know, because she actually challenged you to go off to war. You know, I, this was all something that was manufactured, in my humble opinion, to create drama. Um in this last episode, um, and took up valuable time that could have been better spent elsewhere. Uh, that said, um, I thought that both Dwight and Ross looked particularly tasty in their uniforms. Um, and uh, I know we had an ask come in um, that said they thought uh, Dwight was going to start flirting with Ross when he walked into the pub. <laughs> With this red coat. No, but seriously, it's been such a delight to um, watch um, Dwight and Ross together, and uh, their friendship is so endearing, and one of my favorite things, because they can be goofballs, I mean, um, I remember early uh, during the season when we had the um, fruit foreplay with the oranges, and... Um, <laughs> we both and, knew this uh, for me. And, uh, yeah, and Ross teased him, uh, like, you know, you know who sent them. Don't act stupid. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, I just love how they can be goofballs together and they call each other on their shit. Well, especially Dwight calling Ross out of his, on his shit, obviously. And um, yeah, I think I wouldn't say no to a bit of flirtation because uh, I like it when two men are really comfortable enough around each other to have a certain level of um, closeness. Okay, so uh, next up is uh, Have Fun Storming the Castle. Uh, we're talking the Treadwith Mob. Um, oh, and I did my rewatch last night before I went to sleep and found the whole thing to be completely and utterly ridiculous. Oh, God. Jesus, why was this a thing? And who who asked for this? Why? Why? <laughs> Probably the network. We need more sizzle for the finale. How about if we set fire to Treadwith? Not in the book? Okay, how about a fence? Who's got the marshmallows? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> actually, we, uh, <laughs> actually, we had a bunch of comments um, about this added scene, and all of which were asking the same question. WTF? <laughs> Why? <laughs> yeah, but um, there were some comments on Tumblr that said it could have been a broad representation of the political events taking place in the region at that time, so... Um, there are actually references in the books that mention the growing tensions um, between the common folks in the area and um, George following the takeover at Trinwit. Of, uh, the, um, it was more a subtlety bu subtly built over time, but um, personally, I thought it was unnecessary, but probably to add a bit of a dramatic effect, an epic effect for the final episode, because remember, in season one, we had the big shipwreck leading to an apocalyptic night on the beach, and... Um, I guess now we needed a mob for season two, oh, which led to another Ross and George confrontation. It was very reminiscent of the French Revolution, and you had like mm -hmm. the king and the queen sitting there eating their food while the mob, the mob gathers mm -hmm. outside. Mm -hmm. I just thought it was just so heavy-handed that it wasn't even like an illusion. It was like being smacked in the face with the metaphor. Yeah. It was just too much mm -hmm. for me. Just mention the French Revolution. Like, we all know what happened. Yeah. <laughs> you don't need to give, give us, like, 15 minutes or something that was 
essentially just a minor illusion in the novels. But yeah, I thought um again it was ridiculous, but um because Ross and George are like two kids, but like Alwyn, no Alwyn, no Alwyn, and um, <laughs> I think it was just the ultimate portrayal, and I hope the the last portrayal of their dynamic, because we have Ross, who is the nobleman, the gentleman, who will always have the respect of the people, versus George, who is the nouveau riche, nouveau riche, who, um, despite climbing the social ladder, he will never actually have anyone's respect, and um it just makes me want to sing, uh, ain't about the money, it's about the power, which is an Empire <laughs> reference if you watch this show. <laughs> that, the way but, that entire scene was shot, actually, was quite beautiful. Yeah, yes. stunning. <laughs> now that we've ripped it apart. Like, <laughs> by the way, props to the director of photography. Well done. Yeah. <laughs> well, when you think about but how you're right, it, it was, that it many... Was beautifully shot. <laughs> that yeah. many fires... And torches and like that many extras it must have been like really difficult and mm. probably drained most of their budget which is why the rest of mm-hmm. the episode was shot in on set thanks i loved how elizabeth and agatha were looking out the window <laughs> they were like wtf and um i thought again it was ridiculous that uh, they had to introduce this uh Ross going to war thing and him coming back from the Melza, like, she did not ask you to leave, she did not ask you to come back. So, yeah. <laughs> but, um... That he sort of yeah. rides in, like, look, I'm back! And Demelza was like, I didn't know you left. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, oh, okay, wouldn't have noticed. But yeah, I also love the image of Elizabeth um, looking out the window, because it really looked like she was um, in a prison, in a cage. And uh, it ironically reminded me of George's proposal when he was like, uh, for so long you've lived in the cage, will you not allow me to give you the key? And um, now I just want to laugh because it's so, uh, it's such a beautiful lie. Covered in money. Let's see, so reunited and it feels so good. We have our Dwight and Caroline reunion. Um, And the question, did they or didn't they? I mean, I loved Luke and Gabriella. They were so good in these scenes. I just, so underappreciated. But again, I think the show um, underserved them this season hugely Mm -hmm. um, by completely dropping their storyline for three or four episodes at a time and then doing a rush job on their their reconciliation um it felt like they only got back together because it was the final episode rather than because there was any build-up i mean they could easily have had uncle ray get have his uh, diabetes storyline a few episodes ago and have um have him enlist then but Mm -hmm. Because that's how it happened in the book. But because Ross had this bizarre desire to enlist in this version, I mean, then they had to have... They had to push <laughs> Dwight's storyline to the end of the season. So for literally for episodes, yeah. he was just sitting around going, mm, maybe we should join the Navy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I know that Ross is, the, like, the principal character. Um... But his storyline should not be ruining other characters, especially for like quite important characters like Dwight. Yeah. For this show to work, 
uh, then they have to respect and value the other side characters just as much as Ross. Especially going forward into season three where they're going to introduce a even bigger cast. I mean, mm-hmm. putting Ross's storyline ahead of others is just, it's annoying. Especially mm-hmm. when that storyline wasn't even in the book. Why? Yeah. As a result, yeah. we got an underwhelming sense of urgency about Ray's illness. Um, you basically think that he's got a cold when in fact he's dying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's incredibly sad and really heartbreaking for Caroline. When she mm-hmm. arrives back, her she should, I don't know, there should be some kind of emotion about the fact that her uncle's dying. Like, yeah. he's the only person that's raised her. Yeah. And there needed to be more exploration of how Caroline was feeling about the breakup. Instead, when you get that scene with Ross and Caroline in London, she's just sort of fake, jolly and sassy when you're not really getting her emotional reaction at all. And it's not really true of the tone of the books because in the books, um, she had like this massive weight loss and she'd got very mm-hmm. sick and all really spurred on by the fact that she's incredibly morose and miserable at the fact that she's had to make this decision to leave Dwight mm-hmm. um, but I guess again her character ex- exploration was less important I don't know <laughs> what they were thinking uh, the reconciliation itself was really adorable and sweet and I loved it mm-hmm. but the Inclusion of them having sex before marriage when Dwight's about to go to war is so, so strange and incredible. WTF. I'm still like, I don't, why? Why did you do this, Debbie? Why? It's so out of character. Mm. And it doesn't make mm. any sense. Mm-hmm. I saw well, somebody said uh, that it might have repercussions yeah, later in the series and I'm like, no, it doesn't. <laughs> it's just. No, it, it really doesn't. Yeah, it really doesn't. Um, and I know that that, and I don't want to get us into uh, spoilers for Black Moon or or uh, for Swans, but I I could see how it could be implied that this is some this is a decision that the two of them made uh, just prior to him leaving. Um, but that said. Um, it's not something that I would have pursued just because it does leave that question hanging that, you know, will there be something that, that winds up happening as a result of this decision? I mean, we've seen how these decision making situations uh, within uh, Poldark's Cornwall have worked out for people. And I was really disappointed that, uh, but I guess we knew it was coming. It was not, uh, we were not going to get any Christmas um 2.0 for this season, but um, yeah. in the book they uh, they spend Christmas at Nampara with um, with uh, Ross and uh, Demelza, and uh, we know that they both um, stayed the night. So I guess we have our imagination to <laughs> imagine uh, what happened during that night. I because I don't think they stayed. But I wouldn't say that that's an implication that what went on. I'm like, yeah. you have to make a huge leap. Yeah. yeah. Why, Debbie? I don't get it. <laughs> I just don't. this is one of those decisions where I'm like, what was the why? What does this add to the story? 
Yeah. And Caroline's not the kind of character that she's just gonna see um, lose her V card um, before marriage. I, that's not in her personality, I think. But maybe I don't know her enough. <laughs> so, um, how babies are made? <laughs> yes, Elizabeth. <laughs> it could be Ross's baby. <laughs> Honest <laughs> to God. I mean, you know, the baby might be Ross's was not an issue that needed to be introduced this early. And I'm sure the reason they did it was so that they would have some some cliffhanger that they could wind up using, although it had been publicized in I don't know how many different um, media um, outlets prior to the airing, so it's not that much of a cliffhanger. But, uh, you know, it's not even a concern, um, you know, that Elizabeth has much later uh, into her pregnancy, um, you know, in the books. Um, So why, other than to, to... manufacture a cliffhanger to, to uh, try and keep people on the edge of their seats and if that's the case don't release that information to the media so that they you know scoop you um huh? what was that well the media could have just read the books like which acting like this is like a secret that's true that's true but um you know and also why was it shot like a telenovela <laughs> <laughs> right you know they had the thunder and the lightning and the flames and the you know the whole thing you know and she you know you would think she would have just been told she was about to give birth to the spawn of the devil because the drama was that intense a scandalo <laughs> yeah no it was a little over the top but uh, I don't know if you guys uh, remember but um, the media teased a, a cliffhanger and unless they meant uh, the literal cliffhanger with uh, Romelza standing on a cliff I suppose they meant well, Elizabeth probably uh, carrying Ross's child, but um, yeah, I thought it was uh, unnecessary because uh, we have Romelza who are finally on the path to reconciliation, and now you introduce this so early on. Like, come on, give us a break. It's like yeah, but, um, while they're yeah. reconciling, there is already a cloud hanging over yeah. it. Like, exactly. <laughs> the coming storm. Oh, yeah, but um, when Demelza was at Trinwith to warn um, the Warlegans about the mob, and um, George told Demelza about Elizabeth's pregnancy, do we think that Demelza suspect anything? Because uh, her face was um, kind of puzzling, and she's not. Uh, she actually knows how babies are made. <laughs> yes, she does. Um, you know, it wouldn't really surprise me if she suspected. Uh, you know, one of the things about Demelza is that she's got some pretty good spidey senses um, about a lot of stuff and particularly uh, this kind of human stuff that's going on. I'm uh, willing to lay down some cash that she will suspect it long before Idius Spectacularis catches on. (laughs) (laughs) Oh god. Yeah, my, my My new scientific name for Ross <laughs> There is no way that he's working it out by himself. No way. <laughs> He'll be like, oh, the baby came early. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes, let's do much. Yeah, we got a ton of them. Yeah. So many. Yeah, and, um, you know, not to say that, that we don't appreciate it. It's, it's a kind of an embarrassment of riches. So thank you to all of you that have uh, given us uh, pop the message in the ask or has uh, tweeted us a question on the new Twitter account 
Um, but, but we tried to kind of clump them together into some uh, major categories uh, so that we could try and move through them um, with a little speed. And uh, one of the areas was, you know, we spent uh, quite a bit of time talking about it already, was the abbreviated reconciliation conversation. Um, you know, there were some lines uh, from the, the novel where DeMilza makes comments about women being treated as chattel and um, some of the comments that uh, Ross makes with regards to the hurt that he uh, inflicted um, on Demelza and their marriage. Um, there were some really great pieces of dialogue and much needed pieces of dialogue that uh, um, weren't included and uh, really would have been would have served us better than seeing a giant mob scene at Trenwith. Um, the, we talked about kind of the sudden nature of the reconciliation. You know, we go from Ross's non-apologetic explanation for what happened um, to them standing on a cliffside, you know, giving each other a, a kiss or two. It's just, we need more, we need more. Um, one of the things that one of our commenters made about the, rec the, the scene was that they decided to have Demelza really value herself uh, in the, the relationship instead of asking Ross to be unpleasant to her because of what happened with McNeil. Uh, in the books, uh, Demelza really, uh, because Ross is being very conciliatory towards Demelza about the, the McNeil situation. Uh, she's really asking Ross to be more upset with her about it, um, which of course couldn't have happened since they decided to go in a different direction uh, from uh, that storyline so that they could have Ross flounce off to threaten to join the, the army. Uh, it, it just, it, it, was an opportunity missed that was unfortunate. So, um, you know, I'd like to go ahead and, and thank, we had a number of anonymous uh, posts regarding that, but I want to thank BPAC67, um, Sweetbog22, uh, Kinetic Fox um, for their questions regarding the reconciliation. Um, we actually did have one positive <laughs> comment about, about the reconciliation scene, other than saying that they thought it might be a bit too short, but they, but they really thought that it was, it was well done. So uh, being amazed by Eleanor and Aiden um, and their, the work that they did, and God knows they were tremendous this mm. season. Um, yeah. And especially in the the final episode, I thought that the they were really extraordinary. So kudos to mm. to the, the the kids. You done good. And we also got a bunch of questions asking, "Hey, why all the extra stuff in the episode?" And we three <laughs> people <laughs> um, wish they'd spent more time on pressing character resolution. Like a Carolite love scene. I'm not sure that I would want that. <laughs> but um, but I, I like I like the things that, that the ideas that, that you came up with when we were talking about 
uh, Caroline and Dwight, you know, being able to spend more time uh, seeing the effect of the decision that uh, Caroline made to just broaden her character beyond being the the the, the sassy jolly girl and, and uh, <laughs> twittery person. So yeah, because I feel like a lot of you need to feel like not being together is the worst thing that happened to them. And at the moment, mm-hmm. it's just like, they broke up. Then a few weeks later, they got back together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I know that the Sweet Ruptured Light um, was uh, saying something about the confrontation between Elizabeth and Demelza, that you know Elizabeth didn't even try to make the uh, demands with Demelza. I just don't think she's emotionally capable of doing that. It would require her She's to... an ice queen. Ooh, yes. Ice, ice, baby. Sorry, not sorry. Um, <laughs> Miss Molly fifty seven said, "Great stuff at the end of oh Great book. Stuff at the end of the book was deleted. Rush showing up at uh, Trenwith to duel with George seemed really dumb. Yes, Ooh, it was stupid. We agree. On second watch, it was a great episode, except except trying on uniform and with Dwight. Dwight, it's like why." Wh- why are you in the full uniform now? Like, ahead of going to anybody. It's like, like he's so enthusiastic. He is playing soldier, and it's exactly what Jamelza said. Maybe he was worried about whether or not it would fit. You know, because he's gotten so fat in his uh, in the years that he's uh, been out of the army. Well, enough. <laughs> Demelza's not going to take it out for him. Um, Aiden Terror on Twitter said, Love the director and how he framed Elizabeth's face in the flames when Agatha dropped the baby bomb. I mean, I thought <laughs> that was ridiculous. The novella. Didn't it look like she was slowly melting, though? She was like, I'm in the flame of hell! <laughs> oh my god. I was not a fan of the direction or the really the editing. It was like... Over the top. It was just like I get that this is dramatic, but calm down. Yeah. Like this so dramatic <laughs> as it is, it doesn't need the help. Oh, okay, oh. so we had more general questions. So people praising Aiden and Eleanor for their tremendous work in this episode and the season in general. So yeah, props to them. And we had a question from an anonymous submitter. So what do we think? that George makes of Ross and Demelza's marriage. I can understand that he thinks Ross is upset at losing his first love to him, and I can also understand his hatred towards Demelza as Ross's wife. But why does he have to rub it, <laughs> rub it in Demelza's face, too, that he married Elizabeth? Well, she doesn't care, actually. And uh, also, he seemed kind of surprised that Ross confirmed his love of Demelza with twice. What's his deal? George wants Ross. He's <laughs> with him <laughs> no, but he's so obsessed with like wealth and status that he can't really imagine that Ross actually values like Demelza <laughs> she's got yeah. made he's like what yeah. and I think that that really goes back to you know the fact that George comes from kind of common stock um, mm-hmm. and he's running as far away from his own uh, heritage as he possibly can and so, you know, the thought that uh, someone of Ross's uh, status would stoop so low as to bring, you know, a common woman into his house to make her his wife 
when, you know, George is having to fight so hard for people to accept him as a gentleman, um, you know, behind, you know, and then behind their, their hands, they're snickering at the fact that, you know, here's this nouveau riche dude, um, you know, playing the gentleman. Um, I think he's got some real serious resentments about, about that and about Ross for squandering this gift of nobility that he has. Um, that just got deep. Yeah. <laughs> I just let's just say that George wants Ross and, and kind of move on for <laughs> Yeah, that's about it. <laughs> so the next question. Um Elizabeth sees Ross from a window and a small smile comes across her face. Not joyous, the love of her life is here, but I interpret it as I got him. Ross's face goes from upset to shame and then angry as he rides off. At least to me. I think that is partly why she marries George. She's angry that Ross did not choose her. She did have other choices. As she's still seen as quite a catch. I would contest that. She's a 29-year-old widow with a son. So I don't think yeah, she has that many and options. an impoverished son. I mean, she's not even bringing any money into the, um, the, the no, party yeah. for consideration. So, you know, she the... the, the the bloom has gone off the rose, so to speak. And she's not even very even nice. Even though she's a proven breeder. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know. I blame Ross for the extreme fertility. Amanda Prescott. My question for you all is if you noticed any echoes of the seasonal final of nineteen of the 1975 version. Um, have either of you watched that? Um, nope. I, <laughs> no, me neither. I have not. Um, I watched the first season of the 75 show um, and then skipped ahead to the scene in the, the next season because I, I needed, I wanted to try and compare how they... Was it rapey there? Was it it's rapey? very rapey there. Oh. Mm. Yeah. That's at least at least from my perspective. Was it purposely rapey? The way I watched rapey? it, it, was, like, did they think it, it, was it felt much more rapey than the scene that we got um, in episode 8. Right. Mm. Um, I want to get that on DVD, maybe for Christmas. But, I, you know, I would love to watch the 1975 series, um, you know, now that we've gotten through these first two uh, series for the, the, the modern adaptation, uh, just to, to be able to, to see uh, how they handled particularly the, the material from season two of the modern adaptation. I know they made some... They made some decisions in the 75 version of the uh, blue dress um, scene and the events immediately following that that had Graham so pissed off he threatened to, to pull his uh, permission for the continued adaptation. Oh, geez. Yeah, well, you know... Yeah, I've heard in, nothing, nothing good about this. <laughs> Yeah, I, the 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 way that it's handled, you know, yes, uh, Demelza, you know, blue dress, you know, seduction, that kind of thing. But she winds up leaving Nampara and becoming a prostitute. What? Yeah. What? The... Yeah. Why? No, but like, explain then, that to me. How? Well, that's that's how they, you know, it was like, you know, how in the um, after, you know, Elizabeth comes and and. You know, we have that kind of ugly scene with uh, Ross, Elizabeth, and Demelza 
um, the day after they've had sex for the first time, and Elizabeth makes you know a fairly cutting comment. Mm-hmm. Demelza decides to leave. In the modern adaptation, Ross finds her before she's able to get very far, and uh, basically proposes marriage. Um, in the seventy-five version, if my memory serves me correctly, after the incident where she, the, the two of them sleep together, um, Ross, Ross then finds her after she's been gone for, um, I'm not sure how long, and she's basically a prostitute. <laughs> okay, well, final question. <laughs> We're really busy. You can't even, can you? <laughs> okay, so, Twitter question from HMV. Hi. Hope I got that right. Vi, yeah, sorry. <laughs> okay, so. <laughs> disappointed at the lack of balance. Demelza's bitterness versus books scenes of Ross's attempts to reconcile scenes were cut. And uh, yeah, the tweet was actually um, accompanied uh, with a photo showing, uh, I don't know if the person already had the script, because I don't think it was released yet, but it seemed like the script for series two. So it was uh, the, oh, yeah, the script. Um, I just don't have it yet because Amazon hate me. <laughs> yeah, well, it was uh, the script um, basically um, describing the scene uh, where Ross uh, offers uh, Demelza her gift. That was yeah. cut in the episode. Mm-hmm. That was deleted, though, wasn't it? It was a deleted scene, yeah. Demelza's bitterness is amazing, and I love it. And every time she's bitter, I'm like, yes. <laughs> like, literally every petty thing she says, even though when I know she's wrong, I'm like, this is amazing. Drag him. <laughs> <laughs> He's sitting there going like, oh, when are you going to forgive me already? Oh, my God. And she's just like, yeah. I don't know, Rust. <laughs> Let me drop this punch. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's like, it was one night. How long is it going to take you? It's like, you know, that's really not up to you. <laughs> right? <laughs> that's not really up to you. you. You don't get to determine, you don't get to call the terms on how long I can stay mad at you. I don't know if I, and I don't know if I would call it bitterness. You know, I, I mean, she was hurt. She was betrayed. And she's supposed to be all warm and loving with him. Like, honestly, sometimes I think some people's reactions is kind of gendered. Like, if Demelza is anything other than, like, positive or bright or upbeat, she's being a nag or she's, like, being petty or, like, she can't mm-hmm. say anything without, like, somebody accusing her of <sighs> these, like, and it's just like she's just reacting honestly <laughs> to like complete yeah. like a complete idiot like he is saying the worst things possible like of course she's gonna be petty back he's being stupid <laughs> like mm-hmm. she's not an angel like how, what do you expect her to say you know she's it, human it, she's human i mean you know and um as we know if she has had an area where she has felt insecure in her relationship with Ross, it is it is with Elizabeth. And every insecurity that she ever had with regards to Elizabeth was proven true. So, you know, yeah, it's not going to be something that she's going to get over because this is this is something that she has worried about since when they got married and that's like eight years Mm -hmm. 
That's a long time to have that hanging over you. And she hasn't yeah. really said anything. So, like, she's... <laughs> this is all spewing out now. Well, that is it for the uh, comments and questions uh, that we've received. Thanks again for yeah. all of the, the questions and things like that they've made. Um, you know, they, they make these uh, podcasts a lot of fun uh, to, to hear from you and, and kind of see uh, some of the thoughts that you're having about the show. It was fun um, to see, so, like, loads of people agreed with us. We were like, oh, we're all having the same reaction. We're not crazy. Exactly. It's like, you are <laughs> <laughs> So last week we talked about uh, some of the things that we were uh, thinking about doing uh, following the end of Series 2. Which um, is now. Just, <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, so to do a recap, uh, we're looking at doing a Series 2 general review. That'll happen next week. Um, talking about favorite episodes, characters, and moments. Uh, doing an episode on the women of Poldark, so getting into Demelza, Elizabeth, Verity, Caroline, on Agatha, maybe even Purdy, because that could be kind of fun. I uh, love Purdy. The men of Poldark, uh, Ross, Francis, George, Dwight, uh, Blamey, maybe? Charles mm. Poldark? Who knows? We'll see. Um, talking about the Poldark books, uh, whether or not we'll do um, too much into the future, uh, my guess would probably be not. We're trying not to uh, spoil uh, for series three or beyond um, uh-huh. as much as possible. So um, we'll we'll talk a little bit uh, more about kind of how we want to structure that going forward. And there has been some talk about uh, having a, a book club that came up on Tumblr uh, about a week ago, which I think could be a lot of fun. Um, looking at the parallels between Poldark seventy five and Poldark fourteen. Um, and uh, Series 1 retrospective, which would be a lot of fun to watch. Yeah. Uh, to kind of give us uh, give us our hearts back. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, after the route that they got for our, uh, Series 2. Um, looking at the historical context of the story. Um, and uh, we have been in contact with the historical consultant uh, for the show. Um, and uh, looking at uh, maybe even including uh, some uh, collaboration with uh, some of the folks that we've met on Tumblr and Twitter, including um, uh, Amanda R. Prescott on Twitter. Uh, she does a lot of work in costuming, and so that could be uh, a lot of fun to, to have a conversation about that. Uh, Rita, you mentioned that you might want to look at some other shows that uh, we might want to chat a little bit about uh, during the podcast. Yeah, just because like, I watch so many period drama TV shows. <laughs> so many. And I think um, I get asked what would be, like, what should I watch if I like this? And I'm always like, you should mm. watch The Paradise. It mm-hmm. even has Ruby Ventil from, you know her as yes. Verity, but she's in yes. that show. So good. And yes. it, it it deals with similar themes. You've got the working poor and class dynamics and the love mm-hmm. aspect mm-hmm. thing. And there's a posh bitch. So, you know, <laughs> the same show. <laughs> and obviously um, there are other TV shows. Absolutely. I know that uh, you had a uh, photo set that uh, popped up on your dash or in, in your posts uh, the other day that had uh, period drama men going all the way back to like Patrick Swayze from uh, was that North and South? 
Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, the American movie. version of North and South. Yeah. Um, and and various other, various <laughs> other um, uh, period dramas as well. Um, I mean, I discovered the British version of North and South after I had uh, become a fan of Poldark and fell madly in love with that. Um, Richard um, Armitage is, mm-hmm. uh, I, I love him. He's, he's awesome. I just recently reread those, the book that that's based on. So you oh, can cool. like, watch it and read it. Neat. Okay. And then um, it talked a little bit about the book club, uh, but we had a request that we we all laughed <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but uh, someone had given us a suggestion to have a Q&A session with Debbie Horsfield about her choices in writing the finale and so um, uh, Delanda why don't you uh, chat a little bit about that uh, you know I'm working on it you guys <laughs> we're working on it we'll keep you posted if anything um, is underway we, Stay we may tuned. need your help in maybe yeah. bribing Debbie Horsfield. Like <laughs> the lady's super busy. <laughs> she's super busy. Yeah, you know, she's got plenty of time. <laughs> Just <laughs> cash. Um, oh, so uh, we uh, have a little surprise that we'll be giving you more information about uh, in the coming weeks. Um, the words giveaway uh, will. Uh, not much of a surprise anymore (laughs) (laughs) okay so we're going to do a giveaway more information on that later Um, yeah and if anybody has any suggestions for things you'd like us to explore put them in the ask box that's it for this episode we'll be back next week discussing for a series (laughs) review from start to finish the ask box is always open at polduckpodcast.tumblr.com or tweet us at Poldark Podcast. We want to hear from you, and if you like this podcast, please like, reblog, retweet, or review us on iTunes. And we'll see you next time. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye.
all I see. 